laying there and thinking, I need a doctor for my daughter, a doctor to marry my daughter. That's all I need and I can die happy. And that was the painting, man. And I think I sold everyone on it by the end of the weekend. I asked my mother for a favor today and she was like, okay, but I want a grand dog. <laughs> Welcome to Vocabularian, the podcast for people who like word games and uh, and stuff like that. I can't remember the intro I had last time, even though it was awesome. But if you don't like words and playing with words, then I, uh, you know, go out and auto copulate or whatever. <laughs> I don't have good words today. None of us do, and I'm. I do. I have the best words. I, I... listen, Mr. <laughs> Trump. <laughs> I know you have the best word. You know what? Uh, so the other day, <laughs> I was driving to work, and a truck pulls in front of me, and it has a Starfleet sticker on the back. You know, a Star Trek fan, and I think, Classy. My God, one of us. It's one of my kind. And then I look down below it, and there is a Trump Make America Great Again sticker. So he was Klingon, really. <sighs> I'm very disappointed. To think that there's somebody out there who is, you know, geeky enough to be into Star Trek, who's also thinks that the idea of having a Klingon as our president would be a great idea. You know what it is? It's it's the liberal media, man. It's the, the liberal, liberal media. media. <laughs> if I hear agenda one more time from anybody, I'm going to lose my mind. The liberal agenda, the conservative, ag- I, I conservative like, agenda, conservative agenda—it drives me nuts. I like how Andrew before the show was saying, "Let's just not get political today." I know. <laughs> he just said he that. literally said this like what twenty minutes ago. <laughs> First thing is a Trump discussion, which I brought on. So. Yeah, that was that was beautiful. Oh my gosh! No, it, here, okay, you know what? Because we've got some books on the table for uh, for literary parkour later. And one of them, several of them that I've brought are by Hunter S. Thompson. You know, they're in the grab pile. And um, I I think if Hunter S. Thompson were alive today, he would probably call uh, Donald Trump a vicious geek. And I feel like that's an, I feel like that's an accurate description. And that is probably the most vicious thing anyone has said about him this entire presidential run. (laughs) I've heard some things. (laughs) Mainly from his recent supporters. His recent supporters who are no longer supporters? or No, no, his, his now supporters from the Republican convention I, who have switched sides. I thought once people drank the Trump Kool-Aid, they never came back because it tastes terrible. It's mm. awful. But they have to like it. It's like Scientology. They have to like it. Wow, politics and religion. Man, <laughs> where else can we go right now? I uh, mean, To the stars. Oh, uh, yeah, to the stars. Ad Astra, You're brother. Gonna, I'm waiting for you to do the Star Trek open now, to boldly go where no man... We can't say that. We don't have the rights. I Politics. didn't finish the quote, though. <laughs> Politics, the final frontier. Uh, this is the voyage to the destruction of the free world. Mm. I'm going to be okay if you decide to cut all of this. But that's just, I just want to know when he's... I'm cutting none of this. I want, <laughs> all of this is staying in. I just want to know when he actually started recording and if that whole thing about the sheep in the painting was recorded or not. Uh, you'll never know. Oh, gosh. I you'll actually prefer know. the idea of us completely leaving out the explanation of what the sheep and the painting yeah, is. Yeah, let's, let's just... No one's ever going to know what I was talking about. I, I would appreciate that. So do we have a game to start us off? Well, I, sort of. Actually, you know, and, and I started recording before I pulled out all my materials, um, but I, I've got some stuff prepared. Uh, while you pull that up, should we introduce Andrew over there? Yeah, okay. So, uh, hey, 
Uh, I'm Mark, and to my right, which you can't see, this is an audio <laughs> medium. Who cares? I'm waving my arm, and maybe it's got a crab claw on the end. Which it does. Here's uh, I'm Mark Jones. This is Andrew Copeland. Yeah, and then I'm Andrew Copeland. And somewhere in space, for all you know, on the other side of the planet is Scotland Roberts. Uh, I'm actually to Andrew's right, uh, and howdy, folks. And the three of us are making a perfect Illuminati triangle right yeah, now for you, well, and for your visual pleasure. You know, we've been talking about politics and Scientology. I mean, what maybe else do you expect? Maybe we're like showing our hand a little too much. You know what I'm saying? No, all I'm our saying crab is claw hands. all I'm saying. Crab claw Illuminati hands. All I'm saying is I want to be accepted as a member. Thank you. you oh, you are. No, <laughs> listen. We did the secret handshake. Haven't, uh, haven't we done the secret handshake? You know, uh, I don't remember a lot of that night, to be honest with you. you but you've I just seen... remember washing the blood off my hands later on. Well, that's that's natural. You have to before you go back out in public. Well, know. obviously. Um, anyway, so so what I wanted to talk about today to kind of uh, and probably taken a good portion of the show is, uh, you know, since we like words and, and you know, uh, Andrew likes puns a lot, uh, a lot, and Scott likes to write. So we're all... You know, uh, we are all lovers of language and of unique words. But there are a lot of words, uh, especially in the English language, uh, to which people are averse. Um, good example is the word moist. Probably the most well-known. Right. And, and, and uh, I actually read a scientific study uh, today. I read, well, I, kinda, I skimmed it, okay? I, I'm not, you know, I'm not that great. But I, in, in Mark's defense, it's like a six-page like scientific journal entry with like graphs and stuff. Sure, and it's called an exploratory investigation of word aversion. Uh, it was authored by four individuals uh, hailing from the Oberlin College Department of Psychology and the Trinity University Department of Psychology in uh, Oberlin, Ohio, and San Antonio, Texas, respectively. I skimmed the title. <laughs> well, if and if you had read, if you had taken the time to read the abstract, um, you would have, you would have. They they actually specifically went into the word moist and, and why are people averse to the word moist? And in their abstract, they said we find that as many as twenty percent of the population equates hearing the word moist to the sound of fingernails scratching a chalkboard. So they actually kind of in this study go on uh, to to looking into these different ideas um, as to whether or not it may, maybe it's the, the, uh, the, the actual process of saying the, the word, like the phonological process of saying these uh, different words, or it, could it perhaps be sort of a semantic reference uh, aversion? So um, perhaps, you know, the word moist is unpleasant to say, or... Perhaps it is. I um, find it very pleasant to say, <laughs> you particularly know, I, because I can watch people suffer when I say it. Oh, absolutely! The, their faces is the best part of that entire word. You know, I have no problem with the word myself, but there are plenty of people who have, you know, ha have issues with that word. Uh, it, it could be that, or it, you know, it's unpleasant to actually form those syllables. Or maybe it's uh, it brings up unpleasant associations, specifically related to what they consider disgusting bodily functions. Or maybe it actually is just the noise. I am going to say uh, I'm sitting over here mouthing moist in slow motion, and it is a little funny face to actually sure. see that I'm making. That's actually they mentioned that in the study that maybe it's the facial expression is kind of 
unusual. So I, you know, I, I looked online for some lists uh, of different uh, different words, and so moist, of course, is the number one. But also, uh, blog is common. Blog, uh, blog, yeah, like like blogging, um, or lugubrious is one that people find uh, unpleasant because that comes up so often in <laughs> right. modern conversation. Well, if you're if you're reading Heart of Darkness, I mean, if you're you listening, that word, if but. you're listening to this podcast, you're probably the type of person who's run into that. Right. Before. You know, I think that was one of my favorite. Like, I did not like the book Heart of Darkness by Joseph Conrad, um, mm. but it, like. I, it, I have a difficult, like a love-hate relationship with that book because I hated it at first. But as I got into the story, I liked it a little bit more. It was just very difficult to get into. But I loved a phrase that was used, uh, lugubrious drollery. I, I found that uh, quite pleasing to that is, say. That is fairly fantastic. Yeah. But so words like uh, lugubrious, gurgle, phlegm, fetus, curd, smear, chunky, squirt, uh, yolk, like the yolk of an egg. At the yolk? start of this, I was like, I'm fine with these words. And in, in, as you're going on and on, I'm like, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> which, um, one, which one triggered you the most? Uh, well, smear, oddly enough, I think. Yeah, in, within the context of what you were I know, saying, like, it suddenly became very pulling unpleasant. Pulling up like a bunch of chunky like bodily fluid like s- images in my brain, and then you say smear combination and like uh, though generally when i say smear i don't say smear i say schmear but you that's a different thing you aspire to like eat bagels or something and since you can't <laughs> doesn't, eat bread doesn't everybody I don't, like, that's I, my life goal, i was gonna go somewhere it. and then i i realized wait that might be uh what i was about to say might be uh, oh, insensitive, or somebody might call me after the you know, Trump comments. We're going to worry about being insensitive. You know, uh, listen, yeah, I neither well, endorse nor condone all the comments that were made at the beginning of this program. Well, by the way, I, you know, okay. What, what else has happened in this I, article, Mark? <laughs> <laughs> so, well, let's wait, 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 before you go on, do you say yolk? Yolk. I say yolk. But well, see, a yoke is what you put over the backs of two oxen so that they walk together. Yeah, but it also and is also the yolk thing in an egg. egg. Yeah. No, that's a yolk. No, no, no. A yolk's like short for yokel. No, that's just a yokel. A yolk is what's in an egg. A yolk. You know what? Okay. What is what is the condiment that is most common on sandwiches besides mustard? Catsup. No, no, no. What? That's okay. <laughs> oh, you, you, you are one of those. You evil man. Heinz fifty-seven. Okay, I, I'm A1. talking about. Uh, you know, it's it starts with an M. Mayonnaise. Okay. Mayonnaise. Mayonnaise, and I I actually pronounce it mayonnaise. So I I like to hit all three syllables. I've actually had arguments with your sister, Scott, about oh, about the pronunciation of mayonnaise. I'm sure you've had it because she. She insists that it is pronounced mayonnaise. Hi, sister, by the way. Hey, I'm sure you're listening to this. Yeah, you'll kill me later. Yeah, you're probably <laughs> going to have to cut this off towards the end because, no, not really. Hopefully. Uh, so um, what I actually did was go online uh, on Twitter. And by the way, I'm on Twitter. Scott's on Twitter. I don't, I don't know if you're on Twitter. No. Yeah, I was okay. going to say, I just ignore him on Twitter if he's on there. Yeah, well, so I, I'm on Twitter. Uh, it's at Mark Jones Audio. Scott's at Scotland ASW. Mm-hmm. Um, but I went on Twitter and on social media on Facebook, and I, I put out kind of just a, a general query. And I said, which words make you cringe? And so I got back the list. And, of course, the first answer was moist. But I, I got an interesting one, ones that I hadn't thought about. Sneakers. Sneakers. Bosom. 
Oh, but I like telling people they're my bosom companions. Bosom? (laughs) Bosom? All right. Uh, Cubby. Cubby? Like a cubby hole. Like when you're in kindergarten and you put your backpack in your cubby. Uh, Before 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 you you have a locker. locker. Okay, yeah. yeah. A baby Um, locker. And here was an interesting one. Actually, uh, you know, somebody that Andrew and I both know uh, responded, napkin and pumpkin or any words with a PK sound. So there's a great example of somebody who has an aversion to actually making the sound. Right. Um, mm. So luncheon uh, was That's one. a shame because I love the word luncheon. Luncheon like, is a great Especially word. a luncheon. Let's all go and get a luncheon this afternoon. Especially with my <laughs> bosom companions. <laughs> or uh, cream. Cream? Uh, nugget. Nugget's a good one, actually. Nugget? Nugget. Like As a chicken it, nugget. Like, wow. I didn't... That's just so prevalent in modern, like, you know. Right. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, a gold nugget. A golden chicken nugget. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Let's see. Uh, Oh, um, scarf. Scarf as in the noun or the verb? Uh, Both. Really? They're spelled the same way. Well, well, yeah. That was what they said, scarf. So the sound of the word scarf is a word that makes them cringe. Scarf. Huh. With that hand motion you gave me, I could kind of see why, but I'm scarf. I'm, I'm but you can't, so right yes. in, we'll send you the video. <laughs> uh, oh, one we mentioned in the pre-show when we were just kind of talking panties. Mm, uh, another yeah. item of clothing. That, clothing. I agree that that one sounds horrible. We, sh- we need new words for those. Okay. Uh, let's see. Color. I can see why that would make someone uncomfortable. Now, but Specifically, did they spell it the they British spelled it way? They spelled so I think maybe they have a, a, an aversion to it, maybe trying to pronounce it differently or something. And the anger that they feel when, some, when they see someone spell it the way that they disagree with. Um, there are also some anatomical words. Penis. Actually, the person who said penis said, hate, 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 hate that word. Um, I used... <laughs> I can't even say it right now. My family's listening. I use schmuck, personally. <laughs> I mean, listen, there are a lot of great other words for that particular part of anatomy. But penis is scientific. It's clinical. It's To me, it's very inoffensive. That's the first time I've heard anyone can, call a penis scientific. I can absolutely <laughs> understand why, why someone would be uncomfortable. I'm not, but it, it's just funny to me. However... You have just ruined the word schmuck for me because I'm the kind of guy who might be like, you know, ah, what a schmuck. And now... Now you know what it means. That sentence is ruined Did for me. Did you not know what that meant? No. Wow. I'm used to... Like, I grew up on cartoons where people would say that to each you, other. You can still say schnook. Schnook? Is that schnook. like for schnookums? <laughs> no, uh, schnook was uh, used in uh, Looney Tunes, actually, uh... In uh, Foghorn Leghorn, then uh, the little, uh, what was he, the little the little chicken hawk. I'm a chicken hawk. Yeah, he called, uh, at the end of one episode with the beagle, call, kept calling Foghorn Leghorn a schnook every time that, you know, everything went wrong and hurt the dog. So at the end, the chicken hawk calls him a schnook as well. He's nothing but a loudmouth schnook. I'd never heard that before, schnook. Yeah, it's true. Okay. Well, I guess they could get away with a lot in the old cartoons. <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> a whole, whole lot. Yeah, they were, they were bad. They were really. It's a it's a product of an era where people were really terrible. 
I mean, it's a product of the fact that people are really terrible. I was well, going to say. Have you watched true. modern that's cartoons? True. No, that's true. You're you're absolutely right. We, we were talking earlier about the Powerpuff Girls and, you know. Horribly gory show. They um, I watched it as a kid and I didn't think anything of it. And it was recently that I like rewatched an episode for nostalgia's sake. And I literally watched um, a, a tiny cartoon girl rip a horn off a monster's head and impale it with it through its mouth with like green blood spewing everywhere anyway spewing there's a <laughs> word that should be on the list yeah spewing. i agree spewing, with that spewing uh, somebody else told me seepage so we've got this ah. list <laughs> um goiter was the i think i don't know remember if i mentioned goiter? that one goiter like you, a medical condition yeah if you yeah, yeah. When you don't get enough iodine and your yeah. thyroid gland expands you know well, rapidly that that puts me in mind is garter on that Garter? Yeah. Uh, it wasn't on the list. Is that one that I makes... Think, I think I it think may have used to have been... Like, it may have been something that people would have been disgusted with, but now I only associate it with weddings, so it's not mm. as disgusting for me. Okay. I still find garters just... I, I caught a garter this past week for the first time. Oh, no. I, uh, I, I ran forward, jumped. I ran through about six guys, jumped, caught it, landed, rolled, stood up, and, you know, bowed to the applause, and... I, I still have the garter, and it, so far it's been pretty defective. Okay, so they didn't do the hor- <laughs> they didn't do the horrible tradition that I've seen done in person, which is where you're then supposed to put the garter on the leg of the girl who caught the I, bouquet. I, no, what? I, I've never seen that happen. It's like I've, the worst thing ever. I've, that is really ne- terrible. I've never seen that happen, and someone at work just told me about that, and I'm glad no one there knew what that was supposed to happen. I'm, yeah. I'm planning on a... But you totally did it anyway, and you surprised everyone. So Because <laughs> no, they yeah. weren't expecting it. No, I brought it home with me. Uh, going to save that thing. Are you going to hang it from your windshield? Actually, <laughs> <laughs> woman wanted must fit this. No. I was going to... It's uh, a glass slipper. I know, it's like a reverse Cinderella. <laughs> it's kind of like... There was a story I read once about a college where right around Christmas time, everyone was, you know, decorating the uh, their dorm rooms with lights and reindeer and whatnot. And one of the employees of the university saw outside the men's dorm women's stockings with a sign that said, Santa, please fill accordingly. <laughs> well done. Well done. Well done. Well, I think I, what I think we should do is take this list of cringe words and I feel like we should try to improv some kind of bit with it where we have to use as many of them as possible. We'll make a selection of which ones we like. Okay. And just kind of figure it out. So why don't we take a quick break and we will uh, decide what we're going to do for this bit and we'll come back to it. Okay. All right. So we've kind of figured out the way we're going to play this game. Uh, Andrew, why don't you tell us what it's called and kind of what the premise is? Uh, the game is called Cyclone of Cringe and the premise is for us to um, kind of pass the words around we have this list and uh we'll just be stringing them together in any way that kind of makes sense um and it'll be is it an increasing number of words do we agree on that um yeah it's it's gonna add one more so the first round will be two words second round will be three words so we have to string these words together until we can't go anymore and there's a 10 second timer on each person uh, so it should be pretty quick. People start to drop off, I think. Yeah, not a lot of time to make good decisions. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so you got your uh, stopwatch up because mine, mine's not working right. Yeah. 
All right, just make sure it's not making any noise. Just just call time. And uh, it's time to go. And just so our, our listeners know, we added a few words. We added arouse, globular, punt, emission, condiment, and secrete. I believe those were the only new ones, right? Yes. I, I think so, other than the ones we discussed earlier. Right. So uh, those are some, some cringe words that we added. Uh, who's going to start us off? Scotland, why don't you start us off? I'll start you off with two words strung together. And uh, Andrew, just tell him when to go. Uh, go. Flemmy curds. <laughs> okay, two words, Mark. That threw me for a loop, sorry. <laughs> uh, uh, goiter seepage. Goiter seepage? Oh. Flemmy cream? Ew. <laughs> okay. Uh, globular cream secretion. Oh. Uh. Okay, Mark, I'm starting. Smeared globular curds. We're sticking in the same department here. Um, okay. Moist... <laughs> Gurgling moist yolk. Uh, sneakers moist creamy seepage. Luncheon napkin smear. Were we on three or four? You had to do four, didn't you? Oh, did I? Oh, I, for, I forgot. I guess I'm out. Okay. Well, that happened quick. I'm sorry. I, lo- I lose count. I'm not, I don't know how count. That's why we don't do a podcast on math. That's definitely true. We should not do a meth podcast, and we should not do a podcast on meth because meth is bad. But we could do a podcast on algebra. There's, you know, letters in that. Never, no, let's not do that. Never mind. <laughs> okay, so we have to use word problems for our math. So if, if, a, if a train leaves St. Louis. If a moist train leaves <laughs> the sneaker station out of bosom, I mean Boston, Can we have how like long a- before the... Seepage <laughs> reaches New York. Uh, <laughs> yay, pun! That's a good one. I'm sad because normally I'm the pontificator here. Yeah, yeah, I stole that. Um, okay, so I'm supposed to be doing four of these. Uh, yeah, yeah. We're yeah. definitely gonna drop out fast, but uh, I'm gonna go with globular, flimmy, yolky luncheon. Okay, uh, shoot, I have to do five. Five! Oh, oh my gosh. Uh, is he going to have to do five if I still mess up, or does he just automatically get this win? If I do five, does he have to get five as well? Um, I, I yeah, think, if you do I five... I think we both drop out, we You we both tie. have to do five okay. for one of you to win. Okay, okay. So... Uh, the creamy luncheon napkin secreted phlegm. Okay. Okay. Andrew? Um, the moist... Goiter secretions aroused me. That's four. I lose. <laughs> <laughs> and I lose so much more than the game. Yeah, no, you just lost the game of life. Uh, uh, I was desperate. Yeah. Well, That's not yeah, the thing to say after an arousal <laughs> joke. Yeah, oh, God. Mm, you know they have vitamins for that. Uh, oh. This will be one of the ones That's my parents that, don't that, listen that to. That conversation from earlier, too. Oh, yeah, That's, yeah. We know. We can't go back to that. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's cut that one off right there. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, I, that was 
an I'm interesting s- game. That I'm so not proud of myself for winning that. I, I'm yeah. so not proud of myself for losing in such a fashion. I'm not proud of myself for even playing. So, <laughs> Okay, so I, I, I think that game almost fell flat on its face, but it was fun and it was kind of cringy. Uh, I, I feel like probably we didn't use some of the words in there in context, right? We had to, it's hard to create a context for that word to fit. I think part of it too is that the three of us have a lot of these words that we don't personally find cringeworthy. Like the three of us don't particularly find sneakers a cringing word. Sure. Well, and, and, and I don't, like I said, I don't personally find a lot of words cringy. I mean, there are a few there and some of them are on this list that will make me kind of go, I don't like it. I don't, mm. I don't like the bad kind, but like, I feel like people will respect the fact that we suffered as much as they did listening to this. Yeah, I think we, we suffered more. We we suffered for the good of mankind. I just suffered now. more because we, my name was on the line here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like we actually suffered for the bad of mankind, but that's debatable. That's true. But but you know, going back to what you said, it it does the context does affect whether or not a word is a cringy type of word. Yeah, and that like, was combining them i definitely notice like oh now it's the worst thing i've ever heard right, right. And, but, yeah. and, and it's just like in the study they were talking about when you combine it with words that don't like when when you say a moist cake it's not as cringy mm. as when you say a moist turd uh. so or sometimes if you put it with one that doesn't make any sense at all it has no effect like the one they used in there was moist paradise they used that in the study. Actually, I think I made it. Uh, you told me this before we started this, and I told you that makes me cringe. That makes me think, rethink my religion right there. It's the idea of a moist paradise. We, we have to after stop at this line. Yeah, I'm we not, cannot I'm go not any going further. any further. We're not repeating that, but I'm just saying that is pretty cringeworthy <laughs> okay, to me. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Is that like some kind of swamp religion? <laughs> I thought you said we were ending this right there. Well, no, I was—I t- just moved it in a different direction. That's not going to offend anybody. Okay. Do we have uh, anything else to talk about there, Mark? I—I <laughs> I don't know. Well, I think actually it's time for us to uh, hop into literary parkour, which we had a lot of fun with last time. So we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with literary parkour. Okay, we're back with Literary Parkour, and that is a game where we each take three books and uh, flip to random pages, um, and we get to kind of mess with each other a little bit. So we start with one that we've chosen for ourselves, and then uh, each of the others hands a book, flip to a random page, and, and we have to start reading, picking up as if we're reading from the same book. So in that respect, it's like parkour. Um so, uh, Scott, since you won the last round, uh, who gets to go first? We're going to go with uh, Andrew because that was the most marvelous way to go out of that last game. And uh, I will always think of you in that context now. <laughs> okay. Uh, yes. Legacy. <laughs> because Andrew is aroused by sneakers. Or. No. Wait, which no, word was it? Was it was uh, goiters, I believe. Around, uh, Andrew was aroused by and goiters. And I just want all your great-grandchildren who are listening to this right now to know it's totally true. But, it, you know, that word, that word, context matters, right? Yeah. He could be aroused to anger. <laughs> he could be aroused to a, a, a desire to fix health problems and make sure that there's plenty of iodine in people's salt. Yeah, there's still no way to redeem that. Uh, yeah, you're right. I I keep wanting to say things, and every time my brain immediately thinks of a worse joke to make about myself on top of it, so I just don't. 
So Andrew's going to start with a book he's chosen, and then Scott will hand him one, and I'll hand him one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll say the books after, but not before, right? Right. We're going to and, and say them in the order you read from them, of okay. course. Um, so it just, I just set them face down or something like that. Um, so, and there's no, of course, there's no time limit to this game. And it is a, basically just you laugh, you lose. So, All right. Andrew, uh, start us off whenever you're ready. They had been traveling for several days through the very wild country, when at last, very late in the evening, they saw a group of houses in the far distance. Monkey, said Tripitaka, I think that is a farm over there. Wouldn't it be a good plan to see if we can't sleep there tonight? Let me go and have a look at it, said Monkey, to see whether it looks lucky or unlucky, and we can then act accordingly. You can proceed, Monkey reported presently. I am certain that good people live there. Tripitaka urged on the white horse and soon came to a large gate leading into the head. Steps about to leave the hotel, when he spied Tazio alone, nearing the beach gate on his way to the sea. The desire, the mere thought of taking the opportunity to make the casual offhand acquaintance of the beautiful boy who had unknowingly so elated and moved him, to address him to, and take pleasure in his response and the look in his eyes. Nothing could be more natural, more obvious. The boy was ambling slowly. He could easily be overtaken. And Aschenbach merely accelerated his pace. He caught up to him on the boardwalk in the back of the cannabis and was on the point of laying his hand on the head or shoulder, a phrase, some friendly words in French on his lips, when he felt his heart hammering. I want to hear you say it. Somebody had been talking to you. Yeah, they talked to me too. What'd they say? They said they didn't want me bring a bad influence on you. I told them you weren't. Thank you. What do you do for a living, Leonard? <laughs> I already know, kid. I want to hear you say it. Leonard took a bite of his beef and noodles. He smiles while he chews. I'm from the West Coast, director of a large Italian finance firm. I laugh. Need to know anything else? No. <laughs> I didn't, was the book you handed him where was that going <laughs> nothing happens I just, that's not that's not a good way to defend the book <laughs> I was like Mark save me save okay. me Mark wow. was Mark was trying not to laugh. He couldn't find a page to hand to you. I, I, well, well, I, and I took your book upside down, which is why I paused there for a bit. Yeah, that's right. You handed it to him upside down. You no, I, I handed it correctly, and he flipped it upside oh, down. Oh, I got gotcha. Yeah, because I, I wasn't looking at it. Yeah. Uh, Scott, you, you actually, I think, kind of won the this game last time, so who goes next? Uh, how about you go, and I'll... Should, I'll, I, I'll should I say my books first? Yes. So, yeah. uh, so, Andrew, which books were you reading from, and which order? Uh, I was started off with The Tale of the Monkey King by, I'm never going to pronounce that right, but it was translated by author Whaley. Wu, uh, Wu Chang'an? Yes. Is that, is I think that so. Close enough. It's, so it's, it's a, t- what, tell us about that book real quick, just oh, it's, as an um, aside. It's just the stories of a uh, monkey. It, it's not, um, in, in my understanding, uh, I'll confess I haven't actually read the book, um, but it's kind of a collection of folk tales about the character monkey who's very uh popular and um myth in china um and it, it often called the monkey king uh 
basically he travels around, usually does good, not always, sometimes wins, sometimes loses. Cool. Um, makes it the mythology. Sounds like Curious George. Sorry. Curious no. George, but also like <laughs> a trickster. Um, I often think of him as having a lot of similarities to the character of a Nazi, because uh, I know you've read a Nazi Boys. I haven't read a Nazi Boys, actually. I've read American Gods, and I loved it. I oh, have a Nazi Boys in my Audible queue. Uh, to purchase, but I haven't I haven't listened to it yet. Highly recommended. Uh, but the second book was Death in Venice by Thomas Mann, which is a classic. Just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and uh, third book. Uh, can you tell me, Mark? Because the title it's has its uh, a million cut little off. pieces by James Frey. I, wasn't this the one? I I haven't read this one actually. I I have it and I've got it to read, but I haven't read it. Um, but this is wasn't this the one that was the controversy where he was like on Oprah or something like that, and he he like proclaimed this book as being a true story, but then it came out it wasn't. I think it was this book. You mean like any horror film ever made? <laughs> no dig at the uh, no no the upcoming no. film The Conjuring right or Conjuring Two. Oh, obviously not. Obviously <laughs> not. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna start us off with the second one. Got to flip to a random page. You brainless animal, I snarled at him. You just lost the whole ESPN account. You'll be fired for this. Get out of here, he yelled, or I'll set fire to that rotten-looking turban you're wearing. He lit a book of matches and waved it at me. So we left and went down to the county jail, where I knew the prisoners would be watching the NBA game, because I knew the jailer hated basketball. He was a Michael Jordan fan, so I gave him the Wizards and five points, and I was wrong again. They lost by only two which completely ruined my night. I had to pay off the, all the prisoners, too. I can still hear them laughing at us on our way out. Reformed Christians believe that we are saved exclusively by grace. Fallen, sinful, guilty, depraved adults who die have no merit of their own. Like adults, they must be saved by grace. Christ bore the sins for all those who would believe and for all who would not. The fact that infants are too young to respond to that grace with faith is immaterial. Grace is based on no merit of any kind within the sinner. Salvation is based on God's sovereign choice for adults as well as infants. Lucy hummed as she hurried home from the jail. She had made her point, and the jailer had allowed her to take two of her tarts to Jack in his cell, never mind that they were cut into niggling pieces. His eyes had fairly glowed when he tasted them. She wanted to think part of that glow was for herself, not just her cooking. <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> uh, that, so it didn't really flow together too well. No. Uh, I have to admit, you did not, but I really wanted to hand you a book on Calvinism and yeah. see what happened. Well, you know, especially I mean, on the topic of, you know, babies and infants. Babies going to hell. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a fun one. It's a fun one. I thought I'd keep it light today. So uh, the I started with uh, Hey Rube by Hunter S. Thompson, uh, which is a collection of articles he wrote for ESPN.com before he died. Um, and it basically, he, he wrote uh, just, he wrote, even though he wrote, wrote for ESPN.com, a lot of it was about politics because, uh, as he famously said, politics is better than sex. Um so, yeah, that's, it's a great book. Highly recommend it, especially if you like his style. Second was, uh, the second was The Five Dilemmas of Calvinism by Craig R. Brown. And that was handed to me by Scott. 
The last was The Prisoner's Wife by Susan Page Davis. Uh, yeah. Which is um, actually a friend of ours' mother. So Yeah, we, we know her daughter. So, all right. Uh, Scotland, it's okay. your turn. Let's see what happens. All right. <clears throat> Hold on. Let me get a random page here. All right. Julian told me that was the first time he had heard any of his teachers in Savannah speak of their own mortality. And Yogi Raman sensed this in my expression. You need not worry, my friend. I have already lived past the age of 100 and have no plans for a quick exit. My point is simply that when you clearly know what aims you wish to achieve over the course of your life, be they material, emotional, physical, or spiritual, and you spend your days accomplishing them, you will ultimately find eternal joy. Jacob leaned back in his chair and said, Now, now. Mimi said, Let's play I Spy with my little eye. She didn't look unlike a woman who had worked as a flapper in a previous life. I'll give artists this. She would have stood by me if I'd caught the Pope's robe on fire. She said, I take that St. John's wart stuff that's supposed to cure minor depression. It worked until tonight. I could have faded away until my mackerel showed up. I said, everything didn't come out the way I meant for it to come out. That's the whole point, isn't it? It said. I mean, what will there be if we let you out? It seems less risky all around if we just sort of fill the pit in. Nothing personal, you understand? Granny realized what it was that was bothering her about the head. Are you kneeling down? <laughs> okay, I lost it. <laughs> right there at the very end. Sorry. Oh. Right. That was, man, but you, that, that transition was so perfect on both of them. Very, it was very, at, very well done. It was, if only I could have you know, landed that plane and oh, finished man. that completely. <laughs> but we did say you laugh, you lose. So yeah. ironically, the yeah. best performance oh, loses. Man. Oh, man. It's so like the Oscars every I, I, year. <laughs> I think since Andrew had kind of the most deadpan delivery on it, and so it all did kind of just flow together in this deadpan way, so I think you kind of won this one, this round. Well, perhaps I won, but I was giving my most enthusiastic delivery, so on the inside I've lost. Right? <laughs> <laughs> did you ever – there used to be a show on NPR – and it was, I, I can't even remember the name of the show or the guy who hosted it, but he would just, every week, he would read a chapter of some new book that had come out, some recent bestseller. And it, it was a great show. I used to tune in like every Monday night after the swing dance and listen to that on the way home. And he would just read in this deadpan delivery voice, reading from some book by Nicholas Sparks. You know, just something like that. Like it was just, it was, it, he was fun to listen to. I enjoyed it. Yeah. No, I never so, listened never. to that one. Yeah, never. no, you sounded, you sounded like that guy. Well, I'm sure he means that complimentary. By the I way, do. by the way, the books that I read, I started off with uh, The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari, a fable about fulfilling your dreams and reaching your destiny by Robin S. Sharma. It comes from inspiration slash self help sections. Any of you needing <laughs> either one of those? Uh, moved on to the Half Mammals of Dixie stories by George Singleton. I don't know which particular story I was reading in there. Do you, Mark? I, I don't remember which one it was, but it's such a good... Uh, I This is actually a, a Greenville author. So oh, is he? To, yeah, he's, he, okay. uh, for a while, in the, in the bio, it said he was teaching at the governor's school. But, uh, it's, oh, wow. Yeah, but mm -hmm. I, I don't know if he still is or not. This just came out years ago, but uh, it's the Half Mammals of Dixie. Uh, it's a collection of short stories by George Singleton. 
I highly recommend it. It's very funny. It's very well done. Uh, very South Carolina, too. All right. And then we moved on to Equal Rights by Terry Pratchett. Thank you, Andrew, for that. That did segue pretty well right up until uh, yeah. I lost it. Uh, <laughs> and so we had we had a couple of extra books. Uh, some more Hunter S. Thompson, Hell's, The Hell's Angels, Strange and Terrible Saga of the Outlaw Motorcycle Gang. Um, there's the Screwtape Letters, Catcher in the Rye. Uh, essential works of Marxism, a couple others that we didn't use. But um, we should have done the Marxism with the Calvinism. That would have been interesting. Oh, that would have been great. That would have been great. Oh, my gosh. We might have to, like, scheme against each other a little bit more in the future. This right. is, yeah. Maybe we should each bring a little collection and pick whichever. Yeah, I, I think that might work a one. little bit better yeah. in the future. I see. I wanted to surprise you with the Calvinism, but uh, yeah, if I if we'd done the Marxism, that would have been that would have been beautiful. That oh, that would have been choice. Uh, well, I think that's actually all the time we have for today. This is a this is fun. I feel like we're this is our second episode, and we are settling in a little bit more to be able to do this. I, I wish we could have done this sooner. Uh, yeah, now, now that I've quit my second job just yeah. for this show, really? it should yes. be happening more often. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I, I'm excited. I hope we, hopefully we can do this more often. We had planned to do it every two weeks, but since the first episode, we have had, uh, you know, like we've all been out of town every weekend. Right. So it's been kind of difficult. Um, well, any final thoughts, gentlemen? Uh, never play the Cyclone of Cringe, ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, as you were mentioning, since you were uh, mentioning cartoons earlier, uh, Wheel of Morality, turn, turn, turn. Tell us the lesson that we should learn. Oh, no. This is going to be fantastic. Historical experience has shown the bankruptcy of both the ideology and the policy of social democracy. Even when reformist parties come to power, they limit themselves to partial reforms that do not affect the rule of the monopoly bourgeoisie. I love how we began this episode and ended it politically. Well, <laughs> Way to go. I, 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 we have to come full circle. T uh, tune in next week for more sounds that make you unhappy and advice from Karl Marx. By the, yeah, by the way, that was from the essential works of Marxism, which not all of it is by Karl Marx. All right. Well, until next time, thank you for listening to Vocabulary. And remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes. And uh, we are also, you can find us online. Easiest way to find us online, short link is bit.ly slash vocabulary. Until next time.